Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Good to go. All right. My name's Eric Woods. This is my song, Gathering Rocks, and you're watching Porch Talk. Yeah. 
turns around That's alright I As Eric Woods told you, welcome to Porch Talk. Welcome back, everybody, boys and girls. Glad you're here. Doing a little bit of interviewing this evening. We got a Mississippian musician, an artist, a creative. It's on the road, traveling around, playing his songs, booking shows, trying to make things happen. We're going to figure out what's going on in Eric Woods' brain. First off, Eric Woods, is that real? Is that something? That That's something. That sounds about like everything that goes on in my brain in a nutshell. I think you've nailed it down. Yeah. Running around, booking shows, trying to stay as busy as possible, get music out in front of as many folks as I can. So what's, uh, is that what wakes you up in the morning? That and Family. Family. Absolutely. We're doing some Fast and Furious. we got Vin Diesel here with us. That's right. Hell yeah. Not quite as vicious, but <laughs> you never know. You push a man too far. Yeah, he'll do anything for family. That's right. Eric, tell me a little bit about growing up. I know you grew up all over Mississippi, but unload that for me, man. Where'd you start? Well, it started in Pascagoula. Uh, born in the Singing River Hospital. Shout out, baby. Uh, I used to work a, at uh, Ingalls, and I drove by that beautiful hospital. There you go. You and, know the... Uh, and it's responsible for a lot of births. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I think that's about the only thing they're capable of down there. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. But they get it done. They get yeah. it done. They know how to uh, bring new lives into this world. Yes, they do. Uh, I spent my... My earliest years down there until I was about five years old, so I don't remember a whole lot about it. Uh, you don't have much to report about the coast. Not not a whole lot. N- not until more recent in my days. Yeah, we'll but, get there. What, uh, what came next? Next, uh, we moved from Pascagoula to Jackson. Uh, my dad had taken a job working out of Vicksburg, and so we moved to Jackson. We had family in that area. You a big fan of Queen? I enjoy some Queen. Mississippi Queen? Mississippi Queen. Down around, down around Vicksburg? Way down around Vicksburg. Is that, what's, is that what the, was going on that's, in your mind? That's what was going on. That song <laughs> has always been connected to that job for that reason. Uh, it can't get away from it. You, you, shout out to them. Mountain has claimed the town of Vicksburg. No one else can shout that town out in a song. They've got it. It's theirs. Yeah. Uh, how do you think but, it feels to to be able to just write that for for a place? You know, it's got to be somewhere like Vicksburg. You can't do it for a New York City. You can't do it for I've a never Los been. Angeles. What would you say about it? You played there? I've played in Vicksburg uh, a couple of times. Uh, they've got a really great music scene coming around right now. 
I'm, that's what um, I'm hearing. They've got several clubs that have started doing open mic nights and open jams. Uh, that have really brought local talent out of the woodwork over there. What do you think well, calls that? Think people are hungry? I know they're hungry. Uh, and and they I'm not talking about food. And they didn't have a place to eat. Oh, and uh, We are talking about food. Well, you could be. <laughs> uh, they happen to be places that you eat uh, in addition to uh, being venues. But, you know, these uh, these folks, you know, we all grew up with them. Folks that aren't from the big cities that played music in their bedrooms, had had a band, played on the weekend and all that. Those people didn't stop Worked playing up some music. come out. That's it. They Stomp around a little bit. They got permission to take mm. it out of the bedroom or take it out of the garage. And now Thursday nights in Vicksburg, you can go jam on the rooftop and, and have people listen to your music. Wow, how about that? We'll get back to that, but back to you living in Jackson, 5 to 12. 5 to 12 or so. Uh, lived in South Jackson, uh, if you're familiar with Jackson at all. Uh, South Jackson was, you know, kind of an, an older neighborhood when we moved there. Uh, and then s- crime slowly started creeping into the south side of Jackson. Okay. And things got worse and worse, and, uh, you know, when I was in Jackson, I was just going to school. There wasn't a lot to to report about in those days either. Um, How would music come into your life, Eric? The music that would come into my life when I was in Jackson, growing up in South Jackson, you know, was uh, a lot of New Orleans hip-hop, a lot of uh, stuff like, Lil Troy and Fat Pat. And Is that real? Yeah, that's real. That was the first music that really kind of got my attention. Uh, I remember uh, I had some tape or something that I traded for the uh, for the Fat Pat cassette tape when I was in middle school. I wore that thing out and uh, and really got into that kind of stuff. Got into DMX. Got into he's gonna give it to you. That's X what I've been is told. gonna give it to you. That's what I've been told. It, it, it ain't gonna get it on your own. Uh, I hope every funeral procession is that way. Shout out to him, baby. Absolutely. Happy birthday in heaven. <laughs> right. Right. Man, what a legend. He's he's one of a kind. Yeah, there'll no never be it. another DMX. Uh, but yeah, that was that was the first music that kind of got my attention uh, was was hip hop because everything I'd heard growing up was was my grandmother's music who loved stuff like Elvis and Don Ho and mm. Sinatra and stuff like that. And my mom would listen to stuff like. Etta James and Prince and mm. and a lot of old soul and funk stuff that I didn't appreciate until I got a lot older. Some people say you've got a little soul about you. What do you say about that? That influence is definitely heavy in what I do now because as I got older, I really started to appreciate that side of music. Yeah. You know, that grit and that just digging into every word of a song. Uh because, you know, there are a lot of things that distinguish different genres to me. And 
for soul music, that's the thing that distinguishes it is every single word. It doesn't matter what it is. You feel it. They're, they're singing it to make you feel something. That's something that I try to take from soul music. Bob as well, that's early, man. But I wanted to add, we talked a little bit about influence, influenced by hip hop. What about anything on the television worth talking about? Back in those days, uh, it would have been a lot of WCW and WWF wrestling. Absolutely, man. Hey, we're friends. Mankind and Degeneration X. My mother would not let me watch wrestling. But when I went over to my friend's house, I would watch wrestling. I don't know how I got away with wrestling. (laughs) You know, we... There were some things that were off limits, and it was usually music related, like all that hip hop stuff. I wasn't allowed to have that. I had that on the down low, but I could watch my wrestling. Mom threw so many of my CDs away. I don't think I, I ever remember got going any... to Fye like with my older brother. Oh, and getting some CDs, and then you come home, and you're listening to them, and then you get home from school, and they're gone. You spent money on it and <laughs> lost it. That's gotta hurt. Uh, See, it, w- it wasn't my money to be fair, but now yeah. I was fortunate in that as I was coming up and discovering all this stuff, we had these things like Kazaa and LimeWire that allowed you to get these songs without having yeah. to pay for them. You would them. just give your parents' so, computers a lot of viruses. Exactly. We had tons of viruses, and my mom didn't know how to dig through the files on the computer, yeah. so. I had all the music I could stand, and most of it would have gotten me kicked out of the house at 12 years old uh, if she had heard the things that those folks were saying. Uh, but yeah, as far as TV goes, there was a lot of a lot of WCW, a lot of WWF. Uh, Are you still a fan? No. Uh, I kind of lost interest. Uh after the merger, when mm. when WWE or WWE at the time and WCW merged, mm. I kind of lost it after that because a lot of fun for me was in the rivalry between the two because it just kept getting crazier and crazier. There was a time in my high school, small town Alabama, you couldn't wear wrestling shirts to school. I tried to wear my NWO Wolfpack shirt. Oh, no, not... No, that was not allowed. Not cool at all. Yeah. Did you have the white logo or the red logo? Oh, the red one. That's where it's at. Uh-huh. That's the one. Yeah, That's we're cooking, one. baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one you I know have. what's up. I know what's up. Uh, and, and then uh, a lot of Simpsons, too. That's another thing that I don't know how I got away with watching that, with all the things that... You still live it today? Ain't that wild? We kind of grew up with the Simpsons. I kind of lost the Simpsons. I lost them well after I lost wrestling. Uh, I feel like that was sometime in college. Mm. I just stopped watching TV. Not a whole lot of TV going on. Not a lot of TV going on. Yeah, I feel Uh, that. Especially as things started shifting to YouTube videos and... You know, just go find the little piece of something you want to watch instead of watching a whole thing. Clips. Yeah. I not a lot of full episodes of TV watching going on for That's me. That's unfortunate. You know, I think with... Um, I'm not on TikTok, but when it comes to social media, TikTok is king. And, like, whether you're doing a podcast or 
music or anything creative to where you're trying to get people's attention. Like it is like TikTok has really rewired people's brains. Like Vine. Yeah. Or are these other type of like short videos, kinda of something a little dopamine hit real quick and you can go uh, what I call doom scrolling through the next ones. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, dude, it, it's totally transformed. And so, like, content like this is it's dope that people hang out. Right. You know, because it's almost like a lost art because, like, everyone seems to have ADHD or something going on with them right now. <laughs> it's it's self-caused ADHD. Yeah. You, we've, we've made ourselves find the thing that grabs us the quickest and that's something that I'm horrible at uh, I'm on TikTok and I I started about a year and a half ago posting on TikTok now about a year ago I started posting every day just a clip of a song of, mm-hmm. or something uh, and it got to the point where I noticed it was affecting my attention span mm-hmm. in that way and in the past couple of weeks, I've had to step away from it. I still use it, and I go live for all of my sets on TikTok. You can tune in and watch anytime I'm playing somewhere. But Where's that at? Go ahead and plug that. Uh, Eric Woods Music. Okay. Any social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. We'll plug it again at the it's, end. It's all Eric Woods Music, because otherwise I would forget what it was. Yeah. So keep it simple. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I've had to had to step away, and I've not been posting really any videos on TikTok. I'll I'll go live for the shows, and I leave it alone during the day. Yeah, it's I try, you know, just with social media, and I tell my friends, it's like, well, if I didn't have a podcast I was running, and if I wasn't playing shows and making music, I wouldn't be on social media, and like that's my cop out. Yeah, and I wonder if that would actually be true. I say it to I wonder because like, I am good about just posting and leaving, but sometimes you get called up, buddy. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. And Facebook is where that happens for me. Is that real? Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a Twitter whore. I can get sucked down some Twitter rabbit holes. That's the bad thing about Twitter for me is you can find a thread and yeah. you can go so far into it. Yes, yeah, everything's a rabbit hole on Twitter. Absolutely, and that's I think that's why I love it so much. Right, <laughs> I just. I guess I, I enjoy the social aspect of Facebook because I'm so busy I don't hang out with people as much as I'd like. So I, scrolling through makes me feel like, oh, now I know this. Four, four podcasts and four music. Um, my best social media. Second to Instagram. Instagram is like, I'll get in people's DMs, and that's how I really get people on the show from time to time. Right. But like when it comes to community, I do believe that Facebook has done like the work when it comes to like building a community. Like if you have a following and you post your shows or you're talking about what you're doing, like the people who are really into it, they're they're into it. You know, does that make sense? Right, and you you'll see that a lot because you'll have the same people that yeah, will like your they're post always there. and the same people that'll share your post. So you know that they're engaged with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's not getting out to anyone else, it's getting out to these. 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. people, whoever it is. Uh, another thing, uh, another social media tool that I feel like is good in that way is the TikTok Live. Mm. Because, you know, you'll get the same people that will get the notification that you're live, and they'll come, they'll watch, and mm-hmm. they'll talk to you, they'll interact 
with you during the show. They'll interact with each other during the show, and it really becomes it's really beautiful a community. A community, absolutely. And mm-hmm. you know, we're all on first name basis with each other and check in on each yeah. other outside of the lives, and it's a really cool thing to to build uh, without expecting to do it. You know, I thought it was just letting people see my shows. Those are. Those- those are what I call like the the gifts of social media, the good aspects of it. Everything else to me is like totally negative. Like some people get sucked in on like dopamine hits, and like we're guilty of all of us are, especially like the creatives. Like we're really happy about our music, happy about our art, happy about whatever we're doing, and we're sharing it. And then like you think you have this really good post, you think you have this really good video, or whatever else, and then two likes, and you're like, well, oh, that ain't that ain't absolute shit. Yeah. You know, and so, like, you get bombed, and it's like, why am I playing into this? It's like, this is not real life. I should go out and touch some grass, right? Right, right. And it's funny because you have you have that, that you, you have these posts where you put so much into it, or you edit it down, and you cut it in a certain way, and you're like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. what the algorithm's looking for. Mm-hmm. And it does nothing but the ones... Yeah, boo the, the algorithm. Boo. Boo the algorithm. <laughs> boo. I can't stand it. I don't know what it wants, and I, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that do hit the algorithm are the ones that, uh, the, for me anyway, the ones that I've put absolutely zero effort into. I mean, nothing. And I don't know how you cage that or how you... How do you figure out a formula? Obviously, there are people out there who do it, but replicating that thing that you didn't even try to do the first time is hit or miss, man. so impossible. Truly is. Truly is. And it's if I didn't have to do social media for this, I feel like I wouldn't. I've been, but, work, I've been working my way toward email list and like really just being connected through email. And in a world like today, as technology continues to shift, uh, it's it's outdated. It's almost like, you know, letters in a P.O. box. Yeah. But the people that are on my email list, I feel the most connected with, and I feel like the real ones. But at the same time, it's like there's still this chance that I might can reach people with social media if the right person shares it, if the right person interacts, however else. If the algorithm plays in my favor, right? Right. And it just takes that one lucky shot of that happening for it to all be worth it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and the flip side of that is people in the real world at this point base so much off of what you're doing on social media that you have places that won't book you unless you have a certain number of Facebook followers. That's a point, bud. Spotify listeners, you got to have... This many people, this many likes on TikTok. If you don't have any of that stuff, yeah. they're not going to book you at this place or that place. That's totally cooked in. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So you can be the greatest artist in the world, have the best songs that have ever been written, and those clubs aren't going to give you a shot. You, there's, you got to find another way. And without social media in this day and age, it'd be just about impossible. I have a friend. Um, He's not on social media. He just created social media. Um, and he sucks at it, obviously. Because he's new to it and he doesn't, he doesn't like it. I suck like at it. it and I've been doing it for yeah, 20 years. I suck at it too, you know. <laughs> but he was approached by a very um, 
prominent record label. And those were terms in his contract. Like, one, two, three. It was like, you're so green. We want you to play 2025 live venue shows and play three festivals. I host festivals, so every festival I throw, I book him for it so he can mark that off. That can be a check mark, right? Right. And... But on top of that, it's like he has to get his social media engagement of like what you're talking about. And it's like, dude, that social media engagement, like even if you let your marketing team at that uh, label run it, it's going to blow up because he's good. And what makes him so pure and so right is like he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't listen to other people's music. He doesn't ingest social media. He's... The reason why he's so good, and I think people like it, and it's so different, is because it is because he's he's not doing what everybody else is doing, and you're kind of you're gonna ruin him by that. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and there are so many people, especially within the Americana genre right now, that are like that. You're you know your Tyler Childers, your Coulter Walls. He got Tyler had had that one, um, not a bad record. It was it was good. Nothing Tyler does is bad. Right. But then he had another record come out. Of the, it was like a comeback. And it almost felt like someone was in his ear too much. The, you're talking about the last one, the Take My Hounds to Heaven? No, I, I like the gospel. See, I, I like it. It was totally different. The triple album concept, the, the whole thing. And I don't know if he got someone in his ear with that or if that's just where his mind where is, he was is that he was just so out there so far out there he had these things that he wanted to try and he wanted to bring his friends in to do it you know bringing in the food stamps to play on this album that's the first album he's had them on he had the charlie brown superstar guy which is a friend of his from way back do all those remixes mm-hmm. so i i think that's just where Tyler Childers is right now. And, I mean, and and same thing, like, recent episode, we were talking about Jason Isbell and, and the 400 unit is, like, I love Southeastern, Sirens of the Ditch, something more than furry. Uh, when it comes to 400 unit, is like, Nashville Sound, and then, like, the latest one is good, but, like, right. Reunions and the one after Reunions, was, it was a bit of a miss. And it's kind of that same thing. And it's like, I don't know if it's, like, figuring it out or if, like, if I'm hyping it up in my mind, do you see what I'm saying? It's like as a fan, I get I get too hype. I see what you're saying, and you know this this brings us back kind of to some childhood stuff because one of the first bands that I really got into, and the the band that really kind of drew me into wanting to make music was Metallica. Is that real? That's real. <laughs> so we're all over the place with yeah. all this stuff. Uh, but as a Metallica fan, I know full well the cycle of building up expectations and being let down because someone thought some weird thing would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Whiskey in the Jar, that sucked. Whiskey in the Jar was kind of the era I found them, and I wasn't a huge fan. A lot of, of people was black was the end of it for them, you know? Right, yeah, and I'm glad that I didn't come up in the thrash era 
because I wouldn't appreciate as much of their catalog. I mean, Metallica's uh, the godfather of metal for a reason, right? Absolutely. I mean, Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets are three of the greatest thrash albums of all time. Mm-hmm. You can argue that And Justice for All is one of the biggest prog rock albums of all time. Black Album is one of the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, rock albums ever. Uh, and then. Oddly enough, Load and Reload, the next two albums after that, are my two favorite Metallica albums. How about that, bud? And those are the two that lost everyone. But that's where I that's where you found, found them. Now, the Garage Days and all that, there were songs on there, Whiskey in the Jar, I was like, I, I could take it or leave it. Okay. But I thought there were some really great covers on that album. But Load and Reload were the albums that, that brought me in. I got... The Black Album was the first one I got, but it was at the time that Load and Reload had come out. Well, maybe this is time to put a geographical stamp on it. Would this be post-Jackson? This is this is late Jackson. This is right before... Formidable years. Absolutely. So this is twelve, late 12, maybe even... You had good friends or good parents, like someone introducing like something like that to you. Metallica was a total accident, uh, and the way this happened, uh, my mom was working for a repo agency uh, at the time, and as they brought in cars and stuff, if people sometimes there was a CD in there, and I some, just took it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they gave them a certain amount of time. You have sixty days, yeah. whatever, to claim your stuff. If they didn't come get it, it goes into a pile, and you can. The employees can take whatever home. Mm-hmm. So she would come home with cassette cases and, and CD books and Shout stuff like that. Shout out to your mom, dude. That's Absolutely. pretty dope. And Of and, all the things to take, I, my thing would probably be sunglasses. I'm sure she had a ton of sunglasses. <laughs> I was not a sunglasses guy, so yeah. it wasn't my thing. But yeah. I'm sure she had some nice ones that she got. Yeah. Uh, but I got the black album. Yeah, good. She got this cassette. It, you know the old plastic cassette cases. I believe it was blue. Do you want me to go show you one? I've got <laughs> some in there. I, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, but it was like a blue, like fifteen cassette <coughs> case. Mm-hmm. And I looked through it, and and she said, "Oh, I want these, and I want this." And I saw mm-hmm. Metallica. I was like, "I've heard of this. Do you want this one?" She's like, "No, I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. You can have it." And then that's where it all changed. Wow, dude. Put that tape on and decided I wanted to be James Hetfield. Is that why you picked up guitar? Is that Uh, why you picked up music? That's one of the biggest reasons I picked up music was was Metallica. As a preteen, is that when you picked up guitar? Or would it happen in Brookhaven? I got the guitar. It was right after we moved to Brookhaven. So... Uh, why Brookhaven, by the way? We moved. Why is a mystery to me. <laughs> uh, we well, didn't. Fine. I mean, you were a kid. You we know? didn't have a connection there. We didn't have any family down there. Uh, but we were trying to get out of. Were you always Jackson. in public schools? Always, yeah. Was like being someone like constantly moved around like that. Did you ever? Did you ever find your place? Was it hard, or did you always feel like the new guy? In some sense, you always felt like the new guy, but I also found myself in 
in a couple of different situations where everyone was the new guy at the same time. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, when I lived in Jackson, fourth grade, fourth and fifth grade, they had this program called uh, Power APAC. It was the Academic and Performing Arts Complex, kind of like a magnet school Ooh. for advanced academics and theater and, and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and so I applied to that and ended up going there for academics. And so fourth grade, no one there knows each other because they're all coming from all over the city. You know, you may know a couple of people uh, that were at your old school, but uh-huh. everyone's the new kid again okay. for the most part. Uh and then later on, uh, when I went to MSMS, the Mississippi School of Math and Science here in Columbus. Shout out. Uh, shout out. We're just a few blocks away. Uh, you know, that's people from all over the state yeah. that are coming in, and no not, one knows Not just that, other. dude. I, I'm just across the state line, and um, it was my junior year in high school. And uh, this girl I had a crush on. Uh, she was so excited about her letter of invitation to be at MSMS. And I remember, because I was a, a fuck up. <laughs> and like, I sat like behind her and to the right in this science class. And like she was telling everybody, and she was so excited. It's like second period, right? Right. And. I remember I was like, big deal, Katie. I got an invitation, too. And that crushed her. <laughs> she thought she wasn't the only one anymore. Yeah. Oh. I felt bad about that after. I thought like I thought everybody would laugh. It's like, yeah, Al the fuck up got it. Right, right. Yeah. But it would like ended up, it's just like doom and gloom. I was like, no. <laughs> she's she's like, they'll let anyone in. Yeah. I'm not just special. Just anybody? This, this guy. <laughs> oh. How cruel. How cruel. I love yeah, it. I still ask God for forgiveness. <laughs> that's that's the thing that's going to take you down. Yeah. The one thing you're going to have to answer for at yeah. the end of it all. Yeah, but what about that experience? Man? Which experience? Were we well, I've, I've MS, lost myself. Oh, MSMS. MSMS in Columbus. Uh, of, and it's kind of like a boarding house kind of thing, right? It is. It's an early taste of independence in some ways. Uh or an early taste of prison life, if if you want to <laughs> equate it to that. Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's. It wasn't oppressive by any means, and you know, coming from Brookhaven, and we didn't live in in the city of Brookhaven. We okay. lived about fifteen twenty minutes outside of Brookhaven, so there was nothing to do. Uh, I didn't drive when I lived in Brookhaven, so I could walk out into the next field or I could you know do work around the house that was pretty much it so coming up to Columbus was the first taste of independence that I got and really being able to to freely move and do things that I wanted to do do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is having a versatile high quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. 
so you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium Slub Crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because, you know, we couldn't... It's still a high school, so you're under very strict supervision, but you can leave on the weekends and you can walk within a few blocks of campus or you can take the bus to the mall or Walmart. Um, so being able to do that early, I think it made me more of an introvert than, uh, really, it really, because you know, you're in, you're in a situation with a bunch of people that, that are thrown together and you've got half of them that kind of cling together and the more social ones, they form their groups and the other half realize, Hey, I'm. I'm cool doing this stuff on my own. And that's kind of the side I went into is I got more introverted and I think those situations are where like creatives are made. Yeah. And most creatives and like that's one thing that I have coming up is like doing the white underbelly of creatives. And I'm gonna be traveling the southeast and talking to some who who are now drug addicts. But used to be very creative. Yeah, and also people who have mental health conditions, such as they tear at themselves, and uh, they and I'm writing a book about it, and it's like the white underbelly of being creative. It's like you know situations like that, right? To where like you feel so separated uh, from it, and it's it's not. I don't think it's maybe it, like I, I'm not going to say what it is, what it isn't. It's not parenting. It's not the system. It's I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but like so many things happen to you in your developing years that kind of, kind of push you. Yeah. And like you kind of get pushed into a corner, and it's like, oh, when baby gets in the corner, baby gonna get mad. And then like here comes this fiery creative, but also here comes this horrifying thing that they do in darkness. Right. That makes them feel creative. And they do it to themselves. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of creatives will, whether it's true or not, derive a sense of 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 something providing their creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, of, of having a crutch for the creativity, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and I've I've done that in my life. Uh, it's open up about it if you don't mind. 
Absolutely. It's Maybe it'll help somebody. Not ever been anything that I'm ashamed of because we're all human. It's part of the human condition. Yeah, thank you. And the more we can empathize with each other, uh, the better I think it is for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, and I don't know what triggered my addiction. I know that genetically I had it predispositioned towards me because uh, that's what ultimately... Uh, ended up taking my dad out um, a combination of of mental health and addiction issues mm. um, so I knew I had a predisposition 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 for it uh, and I generally stayed away from alcohol at all until I was twenty nineteen or twenty years old uh, I got married the week after I graduated high school to my first wife. Wow. Uh, and I think that that was kind of a, uh, kind of a grab at, at keeping that independence that I'd gotten by going to MSMS. I was like, I'm okay. out of the house. If I get married, I don't have to go back to the house. We, I have to go do this thing okay. on my own. Uh, there's a lot of forced independence in my life. Uh, but I'd never drank up to that point. Uh, I, I was very straight-laced, grew up in the church. Uh, when I went to college, I was a religion major for the first two years uh, of college uh, and part of the third year uh, that I was in college. Uh, but we uh, we had gone on some vacations, and I'd told myself, you know, it's okay to, to drink a little here and there. And that's all it was for a long time. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of things happened in my life between, between, you know, having my first drink and it becoming a problem uh, just to hit the highlights. And I don't think that any of these things individually caused or even necessarily contributed to it becoming what it was, but just to hit the highlights so we know where we're at. Uh, I got divorced after about two and a half years from my first wife. Uh, I, uh, My current wife and I uh, got pregnant with our first child about six, eight months later uh, after that divorce. Uh, we got married uh, and then bought a house and live where we live now and hmm. kind of got settled in, in life that we that we live now, but with different jobs and all that. Uh, but at the time I Shout was... Shout out to her for letting you to continue to on your creative endeavor. Absolutely. I, I mean, I would not... <laughs> we could do a whole... A whole episode about my wife. We could do several episodes about maybe my wife. Maybe we will one day. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm down for it. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing music full time if it weren't for my wife. Uh, she really believes in you. She does. Uh, and to to be very frank, I wouldn't be alive right now without my wife. She's that the really? one that when it became such a problem that I could not wake up for work in the morning. Uh, she said, we're going somewhere 
uh, you're going to spend some time away and, and you're going to address this. Mm. Or I'm not going to be here anymore. How much of all of what you've told me plays into your songwriting? You talking about you talked about picking up stones earlier, right? Uh, now, Gathering Rocks is one that's one of the only songs that I play that's a co-write, uh, and uh, it's me and a guy by the name of Hunter Chapel, uh, who lives in Hattiesburg, buddy of mine, great songwriter in his own right. Uh, but we got together and we were trying to do some writing, and we were just looking at some bits and pieces of other songs that I'd. I'd written and he said why don't you put that with that mm. and I said well it kind of works musically but does it work lyrically uh, I started looking at it and, and kind of looking at what I was trying to say with each little piece there uh, and you know it, it's really a song about I always introduce it as saying it's a light little ditty about the duality of man. It's about the two sides of things. You know, I'm gathering rocks and carrying stones. I don't know if I want to cast them or build a home for myself out of these things. I don't know, you know, if I want to lash out, if I want to, you know, implode on myself. It's, uh, and then the chorus is the part that kind of got brought in from outside of it and says, Time can still a good man's worth bit by bit till death from birth. It picks away the pieces of your mind. And it's mm. kind of that, you know, you can overanalyze things and you can, you can, you can go between the Jekyll and the, and the Hyde. Uh, and you can let it just tear you apart until all of your time is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you let that duality eat at you, you gotta you know, kind of decide which of the wolves you're gonna feed. I'm glad you said that, so because so many of my ideas for songs is uh, I'm a songwriter myself. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm good, but uh, I do. Um, most of them are take forms in poetry at first, and maybe I have lucky enough to form a melody. Okay? Yeah. And the way that you put it is the way that I put it is if I have one idea and it feels incomplete, two, incomplete, maybe a three months, six months, maybe a year goes by. I look at the ideas again and somehow they kind of mesh together and two incomplete ideas, maybe three, blend together and they form a song. And so th- there is quite a bit of beauty of, in that, and I think there's wisdom in that. It's also, it's like the stages of a song. It's almost like I wrote a verse year one, year two, year three, and then comes together to come to the chorus, or maybe it's a really fantastic bridge. or And maybe it's, it's all dog shit. Right. And, and, you know, but, I mean, that is my approach and I love that approach of music and sometimes like my favorite songs and people that know my music request are the ones that I wrote in 10 minutes when right. I could when I couldn't put pen to paper quick enough and, yeah. and it's so it's so silly how things work the the song that 
you know, I've had the most success, if you would call it that, you know, the one I've entered into songwriting competitions and stuff with and mm-hmm. have, have seen some, some luck with is one that was like that. You know, I wrote it on my 21st birthday on a motorcycle trip with some buddies of mine. We were riding up the Natchez Trace uh, from Meridian to uh, to Nashville and had the entire first verse and chorus of this song pop into my head when we got to the hotel room. I got in there. Everyone mm-hmm. was getting ready to go out. I said, give me 15 minutes. I got to jot this. Got to write this down. Wrote that first verse and that chorus that I'd heard in my head. Wrote that down. And then the rest just fell right out. And and it was done. And you know that's something that I'll still play today. You know, I, I played it tonight at Munson and Brothers. It's and I wrote that on my twenty first birthday. That was many years ago. If you know it, if you're comfortable, I would ask that you would play it to close us out. Absolutely. But uh, I wanted to go back just a little bit about your white underbelly. Yeah. You, you mentioned a little bit about your past. Right. And you mentioned how gracious and how what a godsend your wife now is. Absolutely. So break that down for creative people who are struggling. Maybe they are a bedroom musician or a failed comic or maybe they're just a factory worker that just don't have the willpower to go back in tomorrow. Like, what do you say? What do you say to that? You... You can't get past anything, whether that's addiction issues, whether that's mental health issues, whether that's wanting to go to work the next uh, time you're supposed to clock in, unless you decide that you have to do that. You know, you, you have to be there for your next shift whether that's because you have to pay your bills or because the factory needs you or you have to address the fact that you know your anxiety is getting to the point that you're going to start having panic attacks in public and it's going to be detrimental you know you have to address it or with addiction it's knowing that either I have to address this for for my sanity or I have to address this or I will physically not be able to carry on or I have to address this or I will lose everything that I've got and I've worked for and and all of the people that have chosen or or been born into surrounding themselves around uh-huh. me you know realizing that you know this is this is for real i i can keep hanging on to this that i really don't even even enjoy anymore um Mm. and that's the thing i think especially with addiction is is realizing that by the time you can't let go of it you don't even want to hold on to it anymore we briefly talked about brookhaven college years and it's okay bring me up to the day where is Eric Woods at today and what is he doing 
today. What are you about? I am about family, and I'm about music, and I'm about trying to be a better person today than I was yesterday. Okay. Trying to be more empathetic and caring and uh, and hopefully uh, more harmonious with the people around me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm living outside of Hattiesburg now. Like I said, this saga uh, across the state has taken me all over the place and Hattiesburg is where I've been for the past uh, great scene and I hope to spend a whole lot more time there it, it is a great scene I I think some of the best songwriters in the state are are currently based out of Hattiesburg or from Hattiesburg uh, we've got a lot of great acts from Hattiesburg that have uh, started seeing success on the road mm-hmm uh, which is great, and some some folks that I know that I've got some stuff going on this year that is going to be really exciting. So, uh, Hattiesburg's a good place to be based out of because not only do you have that great scene in Hattiesburg, but you're close to the coast uh, and and a really good scene in Ocean Springs. You're close to to Jackson and the areas around mm-hmm. that, and, and the scene there. Mobile, even in uh, and, and Pensacola and, and uh, Orange Beach and, and that beach scene. That the whole coast and beach scene has been very gracious to me in the past. There's a lot of talent down there between uh, between Orange Beach and, and Pensacola. There's yeah. a lot of talented oh, yeah, people. I could list off names right now, but I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Right. Because I'd be sitting here just naming. Yeah, you just go for. For days. And then I'd leave somebody out and somebody would get upset with me. That that'd be the one person that that was listening for their name on yeah. that list and you missed them. And they weren't there. They weren't on How the list. How dare you? What a jackass. This guy. This well man, tell me what you got cooking. Uh you know, you got music available online. Have you got shows down the road? Like what are you up to, Eric? If you can be real, I've uh, I've got a little bit of music available online. It's uh, you've been taking any time with it. I I've been taking a lot of time with it. Uh, the uh, last thing that I put out is just about ten years old at this point. You've been taking uh, a hell of a time, a hell of a long time with it. I appreciate but, that. Uh, what, what what say you about that hiatus? Uh, I write slow uh you know a lot of people are of the mindset that you know write everything down that that comes across your mind and i i can't i i won't say that i can't do that but you know what those people do it's like they're playing a game of darts and they have an infinite amount of darts right it's like why can't i be precise with my three darts and then i hand over to my competition and let them throw three. Right. And let's see who's who. <laughs> what right. do you say about that? Yeah. If you only get three, you make them good ones. And that's what I try to do. I don't... I try not to write just for the sake of writing. I, I know I need to do that more just to train myself a little bit more and get myself a, good exercise. a better habit. Absolutely. I'd encourage you for that. Uh, 
And I'm really good at writing, you know, half of a verse or three lines of a chorus. Uh, but finishing songs. Stop smoking where, cigarettes and you won't have to worry about that. Right. Hey, all my stuff's digital. Which <laughs> isn't, isn't any better on the voice, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, and I think that's part of it is I've not recorded the stuff that I have written. Okay. Uh, in that interim, uh, and so I haven't written as much new stuff because I'm like, I've still gotten albums worth of stuff I need to go record. Uh, but there are some early talks uh, right now about doing a little bit of stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully in early fall, uh, maybe getting a single done mm. and, and going from there, doing a single, and then possibly doing an EP or a, a full album yeah, before the, the end of the year. The beauty of today and. Lord knows, like, every musician would love the backing of a label, whether it's, um, you know, Columbia or even down to just a local record. It yeah. just helps. It's it's a whole lot easier for um, Pitchfork and these other writers of music that musicians typically hate because sometimes they don't write the most flattering things. Right. And, but I mean, that's how notoriety gets out. And that's the way the world works. But I think podcasts is opening up a different venue for folks. And like, I wanted to ask, what holds you back, man? Like, why are you being so um, reserved? Like, you you just want to make sure you do it right. Well, uh, honestly, the Biggest reason is because I wasn't doing this full time until uh, November of 2021. Okay. What are we in 2023? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was November 2021. Like getting real over the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, well, I was working. Pando Eric over here. That's right. I, I came out of the pandemic uh, and he was fired up. That was he the time was to go. Off. That's it. That's it. Uh, no, I uh, out of out of high school. Obviously, being married the week after you graduate high school, you got to start working. Oh. Uh, and I'd been working ever since then, kind of working my way up the ranks and different. You're a real places. head down kind of guy. That's it. And uh, I kept my head down and gotten to the point where I was GM in uh, a pizza restaurant and pedal, and then uh, that got blown away in a tornado literally Holy uh, shit. so then i ended up gm in another spot uh keeping my head down doing my job and then that led to another job that just about moved me to birmingham uh doing some work uh as a co-brand operation specialist with the company and it probably should have that would have probably been a good thing for you birmingham's got it going on brother well i did the job uh, for about nine months, and the job ended up being a lot more travel than it was advertised as being, and most of that travel was not in Birmingham. Mm, uh, the last three months or so of that, I lived in Atlanta, and when I say lived in Atlanta, they got me an apartment in uh, in Buckhead. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. So, oh, um, you really got to live it up, did you? I mean, it was nice, and I enjoyed the work. <laughs> it was, was nice because I enjoyed the work that came out of it. But I exactly. Mean, up, it's like all the all the things you heard is what I felt. It's, it did not matter that I was down the street from the Dungeon family, and <laughs> and I could go see the the Outcast mural. Yeah, it, no, that 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 wasn't cool at all. Oh yeah, uh, but no, it. it uh, you know, honestly, that's what it was. I've I've worked, you know, professional jobs up until 2021, and uh, it really wasn't priority for me to go record anything. So, didn't make it a big deal. But it's about time now that uh, that I get into a studio, and we're gonna, like I said, at least get a single down, and uh, see where it goes from there. Eric Woods, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. I Thank got three you. more questions and we'll walk out of the door. Number one, plug where people can find you. Eric Woods Music, right? Eric Woods Music on Facebook, Everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all the things, whatever it is, it's Eric Woods Music. Uh, and usually it's all one word. Unless question, it's not supposed to be. Question two, what you got going on? Not tomorrow, but maybe a week or two from now. What are you doing? More shows. Playing shows? Playing shows. It's, uh, I usually do, you know, anywhere from 20 to 25 shows a month. So that's almost every day of the month. Just about. Just about. Usually to you. Four or five shows a week. How do you do that? Same way you, uh, go to work for someone else, except now you're doing it for yourself and you're getting to do something you love. So uh, I won't complain about going to to sing, you know, three-hour shows five times a week. Question three. I see you're wearing an American Aquarium shirt. Absolutely. How'd you find them? I found them because they uh, toured through Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, There were two bands coming through Hattiesburg about the same time and this would have been probably 2012 maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. somewhere around 2012 uh, there were two bands that were coming through and me and a buddy of mine that worked at that pizza place I was GM and we're talking about it and we're trying to decide which one he wanted to go see which one I wanted to go see one of them was American Aquarium, which obviously I I went and, and saw. The other band that was coming through town was Turnpike Troubadours. Which great I band. Great band. I didn't go see them, and so I didn't get on the Turnpike train as early as, uh, as some of the other people did. It's okay. I it's still okay. love Turnpike. Okay. They're great. Uh, but American Aquarium has my heart. They're one of my favorite bands. I like Moon Taxi a lot, too. Moon Taxi, I saw them uh, the night before uh, my... That's kind of the same vein, you know? They, you know, Moon Taxi back in in those days, and that was around 2010 or so that I saw them. uh, Ain't that wild? Pause that real quick. 2010. 13 years. 13 years. Now we're wearing their merch, and we're talking about it as if it's always been normal. Yeah. And then when you get frustrated, and when you get upset that people 
Don't think about you. Don't think about your thing. It's the grind. It's the grind. You keep going. Don't give up. Now, granted, there will be crap shows between. Oh, yeah. But keep moving. Keep booking those shows. Keep getting yourself out there to those people. And then maybe you'll be lucky enough to where someone's wearing your shirt. That's it. Ain't that something? I mean, B.J. Borum is the the model of how to do it as an independent musician. And, and he I, he and I have had a few conversations after shows, and, and that's always what he said is, you keep going, you keep playing the shit shows. You keep playing the show mm. for ten people in Podunk, Arkansas. And then next time you go back to Podunk, Arkansas... You got 20 people that are coming to see you. Mm-hmm. And then you leave, you come back next year, and those people bring their friends. You got 60 people there. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you're 10 years in, mm-hmm. shows at the Whitewater Tavern for American Aquarium are legendary, and they can play three, four, five, six nights and mm-hmm. and just sell the place out every night. Yeah. So my encouragement to you, keep your head down. Keep moving. Eric Woods, thank you so much. Thank you. And you going to play for me one more time? I will. All right. Let me uh, get set up for that. What's that? Check, check, check. One, two. It's been a weekend. One, two. Burning time and gasoline out on those Mississippi country roads. A brown eyed boy with a spirit like the wind, a blue eyed girl with a heart of gold. The day I turned 21, man, life had just begun. Let's give this one another shot. I'm gonna need some water. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Got a little. Go ahead. Burning time and gasoline out on those Mississippi country roads. A brown eyed boy with a spirit like the wind, a blue eyed girl with a heart of gold. Yeah, I turned 21, man, life had just begun. We were living every minute. 
kisses I don't remember much Baby, baby If I ain't high and feeling fine Come on, baby Hold on tight This is gonna be one crazy ride Let's make sure we get Price you pay for me any of it through it barely scraping by But we sure had a lot of fun Those days are open now Let's throw that throttle in We will listen every minute Between the whiskey kisses I don't Flying high and feeling fine Come on baby, hold on tight It's gonna be one crazy ride Let's make sure you get it right Ready Much as they're the same, as crazy as we are in love. A couple kids and a couple cars in that garage, a lot of help from the Lord above. And looking back today, you know I'm glad to say hey. I don't remember much of anything Flying high and feeling fine Come on baby, hold on tight It's gonna be one crazy ride Let's make sure we get it right Let's make sure we get Well, this is Eric Woods. You can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the normal social media places. Just look for Eric Woods Music, and that'll let you know where I'm headed next and uh, what I've got going on. Right here. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.